0: Hey, this is Alex. You're tuned into the Market Adventures podcast. Today's a pretty big day, kind of. We're going to hear from the chair of the Federal Reserve, Mr. Powell, at about 12 p.m. And the bond rates as of this recording are sitting just below 1.5. And the market seems to be waiting anxiously to hear what he says. So be patient and take what they give you. I've been bullish on Apple for some time now, and... You know, I've been buying options, but I've been buying put options and selling credit spreads, um, betting against Apple. And that's because the market doesn't care what I think. So I'm going to keep a healthy cash balance on the side to wait. And I'm using a small portion of my account to take advantage of the downside moves. And the puts have been doing really well for me the last couple of weeks. Now, today, uh, Thursday, March 4th, we're going to be learning a little bit about SPACs and why they seem to be all the rage in the market the last few months stay tuned Now, a SPAC or a special purpose acquisition company, also known as a blank check company. Now, a SPAC is a company that forms for the sole purpose. The only purpose is raising large amounts of cash and acquiring or merging with another company. That's their whole job. Now, special purpose acquisition companies or SPACs, don't form to sell products or services, they don't do anything commercially, they don't provide any real value to the marketplace. Their only job is to raise a bunch of cash and when they get listed on a stock exchange, buy or acquire or merge with a company that's not listed. Now, you know, they go through the IPO process the same as any other company, but they don't have to go through the whole due diligence process as thoroughly. Um, as other companies. Now, when they acquire another company after they've gone through the IPO process, the company that they acquire does not get vetted as heavily as they would have if they went through the process themselves, right? And that's because the blank check company or the SPAC is strictly just cash, right? It's a bunch of investors pooling a bunch of cash together. And nobody knows what company they're going to acquire So the IPO process go through really, really quickly. Now, this has been around for decades, right? This has been a great way for small companies who want to get listed but don't exactly want to go through the rigors of the six- to nine-month process of going through an IPO, finding a big investment bank, and kind of going through that whole process, right? They want to get in quick, so they go through a SPAC. And remember, SPAC is a special-purpose acquisition company. Now, that's a hard thing to say. Now, here are some more details, right? The sponsors of a SPAC, now the sponsors of people who put together this special purpose acquisition company. They have a time limit to find a company to acquire. And from what I'm finding, uh, it takes they have about two years to find a company to acquire. Now, that's not a lot of time, right? If we're talking about putting hundreds of millions of dollars, potentially billions of dollars into a company to bring it public, Two years is not a lot of time to make sure that you're investing all that money into something good. Now, in the meantime, the investors who invest in the SPAC, who are not the sponsors, right? They get their money put into an interest trust. Now, the SPAC sponsors can still use that money to um, acquire the company or to whatever you know, whatever they have to do. It is part of their working capital. But the the benefit of having that money in there. Right? When a SPAC picks a company to acquire and it gets approved by the sponsors and investors, the investor has a choice of whether they want to stay in the deal or they can take out their original investment plus the interest that's accrued over the time period it took. So if it took two years for them to find a company and let's say that investor is not happy with the company, they can take their money out and they get also two years of interest that has accrued on their money or they could stay with the deal. Now, since a SPAC IPO is just cash, right, investors, for that time being, they're putting their money into a company that they have no idea what type of company they're seeking to, to acquire or merge with, right? Essentially, they're investing blindly because nobody knows. Now, the sponsor of the SPAC, they may already know, you know amongst themselves you know, what companies they're thinking of acquiring, but they never release that information why because when they are applying for their own IPO as a SPAC, if people start finding out or are people but you know the people the analysts who are rating companies if they find out who they're planning on bringing public before they have a chance to go through the IPO process just comes a little bit longer because now investors are looking into um, the company that they're trying to acquire right so they never really release that and because of that, the hundreds of millions of dollars they're investing from investors, the investors do not know anything, right? It's just blind money. Now, an IPO and a SPAC, right? And we talked about this in one of my previous episodes um, where we talked about IPOs and I kind of explained the process to you. Then an IPO and a SPAC are very different, right? An IPO is very thorough, right? It takes months, you know, six, nine months, Maybe even a year. But it takes a lot of time for investors and the bankers and the underwriters to do their due diligence on the company, determine a price to offer it at, go through the offerings, and then eventually decide how many shares they want to bring public and determine how much they want to offer to the public at, right? There's a lot going on there. The SPAC due diligence process is super quick, not as rigorous, because it's just cash, right? There's nothing to... To dissect, right? Other than the sponsors, right? Because now you know, you know who are the head sponsors, right? You know the the guys and gals that are bringing this back to to the market, right? So you can inspect them, but there's not a lot of there's no balance sheets to look at. Now the the next thing is when IPO, an investor knows exactly what they're investing in, right? Because they get um they get a filing. Right, they get a filing on that company that you can dive into, right? It's called an S one filing, I believe, right? That you can really dive into, and you can learn a bunch of stuff about the company that nobody else has known until this S one filing, right? Really, really deep stuff. With a SPAC, you won't know anything about the company until after they acquire the company that they're talking about and then bring that public. So you have nothing, right? The underwriters of an IPO also have more influence over the suggested price. Now, when a, a company comes to a SPAC um, and you know wants to go public, they have a better chance of negotiating what price they believe their company is worth. With an IPO, it's less likely because of that due diligence process. Now, investors are attaching a value, and the underwriters also have a job of doing the best they can by their clients, but also they have to do their best job as underwriters to bring this to market without, you know, you're know, muddying up their own reputation, right? So, the the influence of a suggested offering price is a little bit different with IPOs than with SPACs. Now, here's the big thing, in my opinion. SPAC pa- sponsors, they're, they have a time limit. And now, this time limit may not seem like a lot of pressure because it's two years, but it's still a time limit. So they've got hundreds of millions of dollars, potentially billions of dollars sitting there. And they have two years to find a great company to put it into. More times than not, or not more times than not, but in my crazy thinking, I guess, and I'm not the only one there, at least not in my research, you're not always going to get the best possible deal. Why? Because Because of that time limit, if a year goes by, and they only have 12 months to find a company, they're going to feel more rushed, which means they're going to overlook some things or they're going to look for the next best company because they can't quite get through a deal with this company. right? So because they're being rushed, a lot of things are being missed, right? Or there's a lot more potential for things being missed. So having that two-year barrier on this company forces them to make decisions that maybe they otherwise wouldn't make Or force them to do a little less due diligence just to make sure that they have somewhere to put the investor's money. Because guess what? If they don't find somewhere to put the investor's money in two years, then the uh, SPAC liquidates. And guess what? There has to be interest paid to all the investors. Right? So if they have to pay interest, if the money didn't have interest on it, maybe it's not a big deal. You just give back the money that you're not using. But the fact that you have to pay back interest... Now, it's a losing deal if you don't find a company, right? So, that's more added pressure to find a company, again. And that lowers the quality of the company that they could potentially bring to the market. So, that's a little bit about SPACs, right? Again, it's a blank check company. It's called a special purpose acquisition company. They IPO. They come to market strictly based on cash. And when they get into the market, they now use that time roughly about two years to find a company to merge or acquire and bring that company to market and that's different from an ipo because an ipo does due diligence on the company that's coming to market that makes a process longer six to nine months or even longer than that where a spec comes to market and when they acquire a company that company becomes automatically listed as opposed to going through the long rigorous ipo process The idea behind SPACs is really interesting to me. At least it became interesting when I saw so many things on the t- on uh, the news media and the market media and CNBC about SPACs. And I had no idea what it was. So I hope I was able to shed a little bit of light on them for you. I've linked two articles in the show notes. I can give you a little bit more information if you're interested. And, yeah, so earlier I added some shares of AT&T to my long-term portfolio an average price at about $25 25 $28 and 25 cents. And that brings my average cost per share for my whole portfolio of AT&T down to $28 and 90 cents because I started buying above, uh, above $29. I started buying around $30. So being able to add these shares is bringing down my average cost per share, which is great because I'm getting the same value for a little less price. Now, if you need any help finding great stocks for your long-term portfolio, I'm happy to help. Just shoot me a tweet. Shoot me a message on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at Market Adventures Podcast. Anyways, I'll see you all tomorrow for an exciting day in the markets. Be careful. uh, Be vigilant. Be patient. And be well. And remember, as you begin searching for answers to life's challenges, don't seek security. Seek adventure.